Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Episode 278, Runaways, Season 2, Episode 2. Radio on. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, one of three hosts who is going to be talking about, as we talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Runaways, episode two of season two on Hulu. A lot of ooze in there. I'm not alone. I'm here with Stu. And there's no ooh in Samantha's name, but uh, Samantha's also here. I, I ran out of ooze. See, the secret of the ooze is a subtitle for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie, and I think we're just and gonna... a song by Vanilla Ice. Oh man! <laughs> you remember those days when it was just as shameless as, "Hey, here's our movie," and "Hey." We're just going to have the guy who's doing the song. He's just going to, it doesn't have to make sense in the story. We're just going to have him there and he is ready to roll with a, a rap about Ninja Turtles. I had two college professors who were interns on The Secret of the Ooze. <laughs> they had some stories. <laughs> Did you hear what they wanted to do with Enterprise? This is the Star Trek reference for the episode, by the way. Oh. No. So you can check it off your bingo calendars. Okay. They wanted to put a boy band, like I wanted to have a featured guest every week, uh, every week yeah. for enterprise. Okay. So meet Ninja Turtles, wrong superhero universe, Star Trek, wrong, wrong universe. universe. No, we are here to talk about radio on. And, uh, I really tried hard to find out if radio on had some sort of significance as a song title because Gimme Shelter had significance as a, as a song title. And I found a song, but I, it did not seem to be the one that, that this would, that would go along with this episode. But no, our title comes from the fact that one of our characters turned on a radio. As simple as that. <laughs> yeah. And some people might think, okay, Ben, you're spoiling the episode, man talking about a radio coming on but our spoiler policy is uh we spoil everything up until the point that we are talking about right now so we are not going to talk about radio uh radio on we're not going to talk about runaways episode three uh we're only talking about episode two also we have not yet gotten as far as punisher in the netflix series and so we're not going to be talking about anything punisher or beyond so that would be basically punisher and season two of everything except for daredevil which is season three we will not be spoiling those so anything that has happened on runaways is free game anything that's happened on agents of shield is free game and anything that's happened on the movies is free game um that's just just to make it easier for us and it's easier to just put out that blanket statement but we will not be talking about anything in season two of runaways before this point even though they've dumped all the episodes so if you do not have Hulu, get Hulu. You can get a free week and listen to 
uh, our podcast along as you watch uh, in your free week and binge watch Runaways. Well worth binging, I think. Would you agree? Yeah, but save it until we're done covering the season and then do that. Oh, yeah. That would be a better strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, ben, have you binged everything? Of Runaways? Have you watched the, yeah. No, no, not yet. Not yet. Okay. No. Because I've only watched up to episode two, so I don't even know what happens later on. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I, I haven't watched the whole thing yet. Um, like I said last episode, I spent my binging last week um, on on things like Watership Down and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So that's where I spent my binging. Oh, and Pokemon. Because okay. my son likes Pokemon now. So, Radio On. Last episode ended with an earthquake, and this episode begins with the same earthquake. The team survives the earthquake, even though their underground mansion may not be the safest of places to be when an earthquake happens. Uh, Meanwhile, Carolina also survives the earthquake and starts learning her powers from her dad. Um, Her absence, though, causes the team to panic. And so you have a similar situation this week as you had with Alex last week, where they're wondering about her. They split up again. Uh, Gert and Chase are going to stay in the mansion. Uh, Gert is intending, or Chase rather, is intending to get the power on, and he finds a car. But Gert is really grumpy, and Chase brings up relationship stuff again, and they decide that the two of them are a thing. Also, she needs her medication, and she's feeling very nervous and scared, and her medication would help with that. Uh, His attempt to get the power on, however, turns the power off for the entire Griffith Observatory area which brings the power company, uh, which allows uh, Chase to get the power things he needs uh, to turn the power on for real because he steals them from the truck while the power company people get spooked by old lace. Ben, those are fuses. Okay. Okay, just wanted to make sure that was known. (laughs) They're they're, they're gizmos. They're They're gizmos. They're, they're, they're doodads. Um, and he gets them. So that's good. It's, it's good, good, good doodads. Um, anyway, he's able to get the power on in the mansion. And that's good. Uh, so they have a victory that they can celebrate. Uh, meanwhile, Molly and Nico and Carolina are going after the staff. And Alex is going to his job. That when he tells them he has a job, they're all surprised. But... He actually is honest for once, kind of, tells him what he's going to do. Uh, However, he's not completely honest because he's not getting paid to help Darius. Uh, Darius gives him cash anyway, but the ulterior motive that Alex has uh, is because he wants to have some moments together with uh, Livy. His ulterior motive, Livy and him, they have a couple moments together, mainly to do with her doing his hair and them kissing. Uh, The pride also splits up. Janet goes to Jonah, who takes her to Victor in exchange for plans for the box. Catherine and Jeffrey Wilder stay at the surveillance lair, but Janet needs something from Jeffrey, and that's the book of their rituals. And she's going to use that somehow to get Jonah. Um, Catherine Wilder, she comes up with a plan, and she wants to let the teens come up for air by canceling the murder charge and the APB. And once the pressure is off them, maybe they will come back. Meanwhile, Nico, Carolina, and Molly break into Nico's house and kind of prove that theory wrong. Robert is already there, 
and the staff is gone. Uh, he tries to convince uh, Nico to stay, but she won't. She's just going to go and confront her mother. We have a fight scene. Tina uses the staff and tries to kill Molly and Carolina. It stopped because Nico says, this is why Amy is dead. The monster you are right now. And so to prove that she's not a monster, Tina gives the staff to Nico and tells them, you can go if you want. Uh, Nico decides to go, even though Tina says, if you do go, you will never come back here again. And so Nico and her uh, pals leave. Nico and Carolina have a spat. They are not superheroes, Carolina says. And Nico makes some decisions for the team without Alex being there. Basically, she demands that they are going to learn to use their powers together. And so finally, we end this episode with um, Catherine and Jeffrey deciding they're going to frame someone else. And as they talk about framing someone else instead of their kids for the murder, they uh, Darius calls and offers Jeffrey something. That something he offers is Alex, who I think Darius might be doing this on purpose, uh, getting uh, Alex near his his sister-in-law but we'll, we'll talk about that uh janet is trying to decode something from the book and molly is emotionally aloof from gert and puts on a hat that covers her eyes suggesting that she is going out to be some sort of superhero that's this episode. That is radio on. I didn't talk about how Nico uh, used the staff to turn the radio on at the end of the episode. Maybe that's where we can start. The staff. Okay. I think the staff, again, between the two, Nico and Tina, is very interesting. Um, again, like I said in the last episode, it, there's a connection there. It, it, I wonder if it'll transform one or the other of the people. Um and I think Robert even says, you know, speaks to that. He's like, you know, imagine what would happen if it, uh, this, imagine what will happen when it's in a, an emotionally volatile teenager. Look what it did to you sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. His, I wrote this one down cause this really caught my eye or caught my ear. You know what it did to you. What will it do in the hands of a volatile 16 year old? Um, so now I want to know what did it do to her? <laughs> well, I mean, do you remember in the first season where she and and he were like trying to rekindle something, their marriage, and she he was going off and and being bad, but they were trying to rekindle, and and he was just like, look, I can't go from zero to sixty in a second, you know. But she was, so I'm wondering if this is referring to that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I there's definitely the kind of thing where, you know, we talked about last, last episode with uh, Loki and the stone, you know, kind of getting in his head. I think the staff gets in your head uh, and the power goes to your head. Maybe I'm, I'm just really curious where this is going to go because she's using the staff, you know, right now she's practicing, going to use it to turn on, turn on the radio, you know, but she's holding something, you know, that's so much more powerful, so much more powerful. Um, it's like, <laughs> uh, here's our, our Canadian sitcom reference for the day, but, um, it, there's an episode of, of corner gas where they receive a gift from their twin town in Japan. And it's a samurai sword, but, um, uh, one of the characters doesn't realize what it is. So he just takes it and starts using it to try and chop branches and then hands it off to someone else who uses it in the diner to cut sandwiches, uh, grilled cheese sandwiches on the, the grill, you know, and then someone else gets it, um, 
And is, you know, they're just using, they have this powerful, beautiful weapon in their hands and they're using it for these tiny, tiny things. It's his wood chopper. That's right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love quarter gas. Yeah. I love gotta it. watch that. <laughs> well, that's what Nico has right now. She has this powerful weapon in her hands and she's using it for these just tiny, tiny things so she can build up to become powerful like, like her mother. But is the staff going to get in her head? The staff, they do some interesting things with this. And and some of it is just, you know, staging the fight and stuff. But one of the things that they do is as they're confronting each other, Nico's mom has the staff in her hand and the camera is right behind her and they frame it so that the, you know, the circle of the staff, you know, you can see Nico through it. And, you know, it, it's it's interesting because, like you said, Stuart, I mean, this is there's a DNA connection there. Like the staff will only work for Tina or Nico right now, possibly Amy in the past. I don't know. What's interesting is that I don't think it'll work for Robert. No, I, you're right. They don't share DNA. The other thing that's interesting is you're expecting them to get the staff. You're expecting the staff, the staff to end up in their hands no matter what uh, mm-hmm. in, in Nico's hands just so that we have, you know, that character with the power, but you're expecting it to come out of the fight. And instead she just hands it over, but only after she tries to kill Molly. So, and Carolina, both of them. What I found interesting is all of the other characters, all of the other parents have been, I would do anything for my kid. I'm going to protect my kid. I'm going to bring my kid in. Tina is actively against her kid against the kids until she's sort of brought back to reality. Like she knocks Molly into the water and then says, freeze. I mean, that's, that's not just subduing that's actively trying to defeat. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then, and then hits Carolina uh, from behind with it. Right. And so, I mean, what Robert was talking about, you know, what the staff did to you makes me wonder if the staff is inherently evil. Or at least does it push you to be more aggressive and more evil yourself? I think it takes away empathy. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Whether or not the staff is doing any of the stuff we're talking about, Tina is definitely exhibiting all the stuff we're talking about. Yeah. Or maybe it's like an an addictive attachment to the staff itself. Well, but how many things in superhero and and not just superhero, in sci-fi and fantasy, how many things of power do you have? I mean, where the power itself is not positive or negative, but it definitely has negative effects. Like the, the ring of power in Lord of the Rings. I was just thinking about that. I was like, I can think of 10 rings, not the <laughs> 10 rings, but 10 rings. Yeah. Or certain social media apps. Actually just about every single social media app has that kind of effect. Let's just call it social media. Yeah. Uh, we love you guys. Keep listening. Uh, anything that gives you a sense of power can become addictive, though. Yes. Yeah. Definitely what's happening here, though. Tina, no matter what, she's not good. She's not a good person. And and she tries to to play the whole, you know, I'll give this to you and, and then you can stay with me. And it doesn't. It totally backfires. Totally backfires. Because Nico has seen Tina for who she is, which is a murdering murderer who murders. I wonder, though, all of the other Pride members have sort of had this facade of, we're just being 
you know, bullied into this and we're trying our best and we're failing, but we're going to keep trying and all this sort of stuff. They're putting on this facade, or at least it seems real, but Tina sort of exhibits that it's a facade. So I'm wondering, is this the first sign of that wall starting to crumble? Or to put it another way, by the end of the season, are we going to see, you know, Victor, Victor von Frankenstein um, as, as Dr. Doom, right? Is he, is he going to be pure evil? I don't know. I, that's actually a really interesting idea that Victor in the situation that he's in could be setting him up to be the next big bad. I do like Spike as a big bad. That's all I'm going to say about that. He always makes a good bit, big bad. He does. Yeah. Until he falls in love with the heroine and then it's just like, then it creates a really great love. Like, well, actually, no, I'm not going to say Buffy and Spike were really good for each other. They were not. They were bad for each other. They were anyway, terrible let's, for each other. Yes. So in this episode, you've got them actually getting a fight scene. And I like the fight scene. It was good. It was exciting. And it was emotional. And it was all yeah. women. Robert's just kind of stepping back. Okay. Just letting this happen. As he's wont to do, by the way. He he kind of fades into the background, which is why I think he, he and um Victor's wife were attracted to each other. Janet. In the yes. Yeah. Janet. But Janet <laughs> is getting a little more active as well. Yes, uh, she is. She is working with Jonah and also working against him. Um, she's not happy about any of the stuff. And he he's pushed her out. You know, now he, she came to him with the plans for the box. And then he is like, well, great. I don't need you anymore. I've got this guy and kind of a captive audience right now. And he's going to help me build the box that I need. And you can just head on out. And she's offering to help. And, and he's all, oh, I forgot. That's right. You also used to be a good student. Like he doesn't say anything about her being intelligent and, and capable now. He says, you used to be a good student. People forget you used to be a good student. And for a moment there, she's saying, you know, oh, I want to, it's nice to be appreciated for something more than just sandwiches. And, you know, cause she's become the, you know, the mother to chase and nope, he's totally invalidating and totally, um, uh, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Giving her a backhanded compliment. Yeah. I mean, that that's happening too. That's not the word I'm looking for, yeah. but, um, I guess invalidation is probably the, the closest I can come to what I'm thinking of. Well, he's degrading her for sure. Yeah. I don't know if that's the word you're thinking of, but that's, it, it's he's not, also doing that. But that is, yes, that's not the word I'm looking for, but also something that's happening. So, yeah, it, it just it's 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 unfortunate for Janet, you know, because she is capable. She is, you know, she knows this stuff. She understands this stuff and she decides, OK, look, you. You aren't going to appreciate what I have to offer. Then I'm going to take what I have to offer and I'm going to use it to, you know, against you. And that's where she's, you know, getting the book from Jeffrey and and studying the stuff, uh, trying to decode something and using uh, 3D holographic software to to give us a nice visual representation of her doing science. She was definitely taking the magic. She was sciencing the science out of that. Chase clear, clearly did not get it all from his father. No, no, definitely not. I mean, they were equals. I mean, yeah. in that flashback scene that we got with them in, in college, they were equals. 
And she, the only reason she's not an equal now is because, um, what she, she stepped back into the stereotype, you know, where she was taking care of, of chase and not spending time in the lab. And, and now she's saying, Hey, I'm going to use this and, and too bad to you for underestimating me. I really yeah. like that. They're showing both team, both, you know, the pride and the runaways being, you know, coming together and building teams, right? You have the pride being in the, in the lab with, you know, the guy in the chair. Um, but you also have the runaways at the end of the episode, knowing full well that they have to get together to learn how to use their powers together. But even as they're saying that you've got Molly going off on her own, doing who knows what, right. but clearly putting a mask on to be like a superhero. Or a vigilante. Yes. It's really one of the other in this in this world. But I think that she's seeing it as I'm being a superhero. I last episode she talked about this. We should not be running right. away from danger. We should be running at it. And that's what she's doing. She is running at danger. She's going out to help people. I think. Um I haven't yeah. I also have not seen episode three yet. So I don't know what she's actually doing. But it seems like she's going out there to do that. And what's really interesting about this whole team building thing is that Alex is on the out is on the outside of that, where in the first season he was the one, Hey mom, order me some pizzas, please. You know, he was the one who's trying to keep everybody together. And now he's just, he's just throwing up his hands and walking away. I mean, he still wants to help them. I think at the end of the day, but I think he's walking, walking through this going, you guys aren't, respecting what i am bringing to this table he's walking the line between doing what he wants to do but what he wants to do is also bringing in the stuff that he needs to help the team so the money the extra money the tents from last episode and the sleeping bags from last episode it's good that they're they're getting stuff that they need they're getting the money that they need so they can get food and whatnot but at the same time he is not going to darius's house because he's helping the team. <laughs> he's going there because there is a pretty lady there and she is interested in him as well, which kind of brings us to the next thing I wanted to talk about where this episode above all other runaway episodes feels the most like we are watching a teen romance drama show because we have all three of our couples and they are doing coupling things and I have never felt this episode, the series rather, dip so closely into One Tree Hill and 90210 territory <laughs> as I did in this episode here. Samantha, he 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 referenced One Tree Hill again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So absolutely, and I think that's that's very much aimed at the uh, the freeform audience. You know, I think the the freeform audience needs is is primed for the romance of the stuff. And then also you have different kinds of romances. You have the chase Gert romance, which let's be honest, that's not typical where you have a, um, the jock and the, the social justice warrior. Um, I don't even like that term, but that's kind of what they're portraying her as. And then you have Nico and Carolina who are, um, well, gay. I mean, they they are lesbian having a, a connection. So it's a different type of teen romance, which I think is very interesting. 
Yeah. Well, with uh, with Gert and Chase, you get kind of the the feeling of the Breakfast Club mm-hmm. thing. If it had, had time to be, be more than just that movie, although at the end of that movie, the the feeling was almost like we've made this connection and now credits are rolling, and we're not going to have this connection again in real life, or it won't be the same anyway. Um, with this, with those two. In in school, that relationship would not have grown beyond anything more uh, than just she was kind of tutoring, right? But here, outside of the confines of social norms and outside of the cliques and the stereotypes, they're able to get to know each other and appreciate each other. And and he is being a genuinely nice guy with her and appreciating her. And then also, you know, she's set limits and she set boundaries and she says, you know, I'm not ready for, for certain parts of this relationship. And he's saying, yeah, well, who's talking about that? You know? And yeah, it's a joke because obviously he was thinking about sex, but he is also honoring her with that. And, and that's something that's, that's honorable for that character, which I, I really appreciated. I also appreciated that she, you know, sort of laid out, um, her 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 anxiety you know and and she says don't blame it on the pills but later she comes in and says look it's hard to deal with these stresses in my life without the pills and and i have a very hard time sort of realizing truth from fiction so don't play around with me and she also mentions that it makes it harder when she's in situations where she feels vulnerable and yet she allows herself to go into that vulnerability and 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 admit to him, you know, some of these things about her medication and and how she's feeling and that sort of thing. Um, this is not where I thought this kind of relationship would come from, especially with Chase being a part of that relationship. Mm-hmm. But but he's a character who's growing, and mm-hmm. and that's that's good. Um, back to the social justice warrior thing. We didn't talk about this last episode, but I really appreciated how when she actually sees poverty. It's a shock to mm-hmm. her, and and it's something that I've seen in a lot of young people, and it's, I I see it in young people now as an adult. I probably was one of those young people that people were seeing in me as well as a, a teenager, where I did go into places where I, I saw abject poverty and that sort of thing in, in real life. But um, we live in a world right now where people are taking up banners for things, and they aren't able to experience and actually get to know what the people who are actually they're taking the banner up for are actually going through. And, and that was nice, you know, to see her take that step into that and not just say, Oh, this is it, you know, but to, to actually, she's taking that in, she's um, ingesting this reality for, you know, all these people that they're around where she's lived a privileged life and she understands justice and she understands the idea of justice and the idea of injustice, but now she stands and stares at it and she's, she's taking that in. And it's very different when you're able to say, I, I want to help this cause and not just from afar, you know, and not just, I'm, I'm going to throw money at the problem or I'm going to throw um, social media posts at the problem, but to actually see it and then, you know, what, what do you do about it then? You know? Well, not only is she seeing it, she's having to live it. That's also true. And, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, they're comic booky, and they did find a, oh, look, we found an amazing underground hotel, whatever. Um, that that doesn't necessarily happen in real life. Um, neither do we have glowing teenagers and a um, dinosaur. So there's that. Uh, but what I what I liked about that was it's taking um, these characters who who their whole lives they've known one way of things, and then they get thrust into this other situation, and Gert has to learn some things, and Carolina and Nico are learning some things together. Chase is becoming a different person, but then you have you know Molly and Alex sort of on the outsides of that, and and. I think their story is very interesting, not necessarily their story together, but their stories sort of individually. You know, I was thinking about what you guys were saying about um, Chase and Gert's relationship. And on the high school part of their life, no, they would not make sense. But really, if you look at their backgrounds and where they're coming from, Chase really comes from a very nerdy home. And so does Gert. Gert has a lot of uh, neurological anxiety-based issues, and so does Chase's mother. So they really do have a lot to connect with one another. And like you just said, they might not connect during high school, but say get to college, after college. Yeah, I think as as they grow older, they would connect more and more. There's definitely a breakdown of those boundaries after you get out of high yeah. school. And Oh, yes. Well, and at each stage, I mean, you're you're – you're growing and you're maturing, but then you're also, you, you say reinventing, sometimes just getting away from those old places allows mm-hmm. you to become uh, become recognized for who you really are. And and you start getting to places where it's not your, that you're a nerd or jock or whatever. It's just, you know, it's personality based and, and you can actually make these things, you know, make these relationships based on who you are. And that's what you have with Gert and Chase. It's who they are. They're in this situation together. Uh, I hadn't even thought about how Chase's mom is kind of similar to um, to Gert as far as um, the the needs and stuff that she has. But they're all coming into their own right now, and and becoming you know better versions of themselves, hopefully. Yeah. And these kids, they're in a position where they have to grow grow up fast. Yeah. Yep. And that's what they're doing. And they're also everyone's kissing. Yes. Because teen romance. Except for Molly. No, not Molly. But she's cuddling up to old lace, so <laughs> that's very different, though. <laughs> yeah, but old lace also is alone. Yeah. What What do we think about Alex running away? Or being separated from the group, let's say that. I was proud of him for being honest, you know? And, like, he's – they ask where he's going, and he's, I'm going to my job. And I'm like, oh, yeah, all right, good. You almost told him the whole truth. And then he gets there. No, not at all. Like the truth. You're not even getting paid for today. No, the, the truth that you told is the truth from the day before, but not the truth now. Oh, you're, you're lying. <laughs> like, uh, oh, well. 
I wonder what is compelling him to do that. Does he feel like he's on the outs? Does he feel like he's not contributing to the team? Does he feel like he owes them something and he's just getting losing his way? I mean, I don't think we have a good understanding of what that motivation is for him. And I'd be very interested to see interested to see what happens. Livy is the motivation. I was going to say going to, to Darius or going to Livy. So you're saying it's purely being a teenage boy. I am. Yes. I am saying that, yeah. So teenage boy the- making a stupid teenage decision, which is going to put them in a really dangerous position. Yep. So what was the impetus for going to Darius in the first place? Money. money. So he knew that he Darius could give him money without being on the grid, so to speak. And that's what got him there. And what's keeping him there is Libby. Right. Right. Yep. Mm. Well, that is what Samantha and I are saying. I, you know, I, I, I understand what you are saying. Some in, some people in this group are maturing faster than others. I cannot say that (laughs) so much about Alex right now. I think Alex is regressing, man. Yeah, he is. Well, you might say that he's finally coming into his own. Not yet. You might say that, but. (laughs) You'd be wrong if you did. I don't know. I mean, I want to see where this is going, you know, but Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the episode, he's in the car, his, his, you know, Darius is talking to Jeffrey and saying, Hey Mm -hmm. man, I've got something to give you. You know, I actually do have something to bargain with you. And, but Alex is, you know, he's just got that stupid, goofy grin on his face as he's getting picked up. Is that an Uber or something? I don't know what's picking him up and driving him away, but yeah, it was probably an Uber. It's probably some sort of high-tech gadget that I've never used. Or or a taxi or something. Um, you know, I said high-tech gadget. Yeah. Someone is picking him up and taking him where he needs to go. And he's got that stupid grin on his face. And I just want to say, dude. Dude. Where's your car? I mean, I I get it. He's trying to he's trying to to do what's right for the group. You know, that's good. Isn't it? He's trying, but I don't think he's succeeding the way he wants to. I think the the first contact he made with Darius, it was solely for the group. And he was saying, someone's got to do this. I'm going to be the one who's going to do what the, the group needs to do, you know, what the group needs. And then he goes off and does that. And that's where... Um, the rest of the group realizes, oh, Graciel is in trouble. That was the first time. And so he's off doing that. They're off bonding together. Then this time he's saying, oh, I'm going to go to my job because there's this really fine Pretty girl. girl. Yeah. Pretty girl. And And so he's doing that. He lies to them, but it's just close enough to the truth that he's able to say it. And it, it, he's actually making uh, – it's good that he's saying this to them because they're saying, Oh, at least he told us the truth. And he, but he's not, he's lying now because he's there and Darius is surprised to see him. And Darius says, okay, I, I can't pay you. Now no, money no, comes Darius out. Says, of it. I'm not going to pay you. Right. And then he does anyway. Right. He gives, he, he gives Alex money for hardly, I mean, Alex helped move some boxes, but most of the time, because you know how long it takes to make cornrows? I mean, I've never done it Hours. myself, and I, I don't intend to ever do it. But um, 
I've had friends who who had it done and they're like, oh, it takes so long. And <laughs> like, so he's he's there for a long time. I think it well, depends how much hair you have, but I I imagine what he did took a, at least a couple hours, if not three. And well, I, well into the night too, because yeah. it's dark. But yeah, I remember being that stupid, goofy kid who you know just spending time with this new relationship, and you know it's just this magical, fun, exciting, wonderful, and then you just even when you're away from each other, then. Um, you know, it's just, everything feels better. Everything's you know, pretty, you know, everything is, uh, rainbows and butterflies and, you know, and he leaves and he's got the stupid grin on his face, even as what he has just done by going there is putting the rest of the team in danger. That's what I feel about Alex right now, dude. That's what I feel. Stop it, dude. But, but he, he won't. Can't. Yep. <laughs> he won't. Nope. He's a boy. Boys are dumb. Yeah. It's true. I've been one, and I was. I still am sometimes dumb, but not in the I, same I way my, for the same reasons. So that's that's good. I I tell my daughters, boys up until about the age of about twenty five are pretty dumb, <laughs> just dumb. I tell my daughters, yeah, you don't want to get involved with a teenage boy because I was one, and I know mm-hmm. what they're like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've dated a few, and I have to agree. About the age of twenty-five is when they start to grow up, and <laughs> which is why I got married when I was twenty-three. Oh, that doesn't solve anything. <laughs> no, that just means that just means you married a wonderfully wonderful woman. I, so did I. I did, man. Yeah. We're we're going on twenty-one years now, and congratulations! Wow, man. it's yeah, it. <laughs> I people tell me I married up. Um, and, and I did, she's extremely patient and very loving. And if I don't listen to her when she has her wise feelings, then I will be proven to be the idiot because she, yeah, she compliments me well. So I say I have two bosses, the one I work for and my wife. So speaking of that scene, uh, the song that was playing it starts playing and I'm like, oh, that's what is this? What is oh, it's uh Bullet with Butterfly Wings, but it's not. Uh it's a remix of Bullet with Butterfly Wings into this kind of hip hop thing. But it was Smashing Pumpkins, right? Yeah. 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 Despite all my rage. It's the Rat in the Cage still song. Just a rat in the cage. Yeah. yeah. They use that song, I th- was it in uh, I can't remember the end credits for Rampage or for Venom. I can't remember now, but I haven't seen um, either. Yeah. Probably Venom. Another it's, movie I need to see. I can't remember. I, I just remember thinking, oh, hey, it's that song. Um, but yeah, that took me back to the 90s for a little while there. Yeah, I um, get the same yeah. That was a great like album. Yeah, the whole album. But, yeah, but that, whole thing. That was the song, the first single from that album that they, they mm. churned out with a, a video. And that video was weird. All the people, yeah. all the people digging in the dirt and stuff, but, um, yeah. but the rat in the cage part—that's the like as they're they're singing about. Despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage, and there's there's Alex grinning, grinning because he's a rat in the cage about to get caught. So. And for those who don't know, we're talking about Smashing Pumpkins' album uh, "Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness." But. 
one more time, we're, we're dipping into that Marvel tradition of taking songs and, and using them well. Um, man, the Cloak and Dagger soundtrack is really good. Uh, I don't know if you can, where you can get it, but it's on Spotify. Um, and there's actually a Marvel playlist on Spotify that's got like all those songs from Cloak and Dagger and Runaways and Guardians of the Galaxy and, and all that kind of thing. Mm. Um, but but yeah, my kids were listening with me to the Cloak and Dagger soundtrack because they have the, uh, oh, what's the song? The Come Sail Away With Me song. Come Sail Away? Yeah, it might be. Anyway, um, and so now they listen to that and they, they put that on their own Spotify, so... Yeah. Uh, this, this episode is not brought to you by Spotify, by the way. It's not, no. but it could be. Spotify is really nice. So anything else uh, with Radio On that you want to talk about? Good episode. Yes, very good episode. I feel like we're still in setup mode. Well, yeah. it's episode two of a season, yeah. so yes. And this is a 13-episode season. And so we're, yeah, episode two. Um I'm really curious to see just where is all this stuff going to go? You know, I want to, I want to get there, you know, I, and I, I, I'm afraid, is this going to move slowly for me? I guess we'll find out. Yeah. All right. Well, any final words then? I just want to thank everybody for listening. It's, it's fun talking on this podcast and show. And I would like to give a shout out to Andrew, Jeffrey, Tassel, 084 and Anthony, because they are our Patreon patrons, so thank you very much. And I also want to thank everyone for listening, and I also want to remind you to be careful around me, because despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in a cage. Thanks once more for listening. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Just go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback to contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the conversation by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome to level seven, or by following us on Twitter, where we are level seven pod. Welcome to level seven is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award winning and award nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh at our clean comedy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, Godspeed. Except for Daredevil, which is season three. We will not be spoiling those. Agents of Shield, it's it's free game, you know. Anything that's already aired on Agents of Shield, the movies. What the heck was that? I don't know. I don't know. It was crows or ravens. Hmm. Weird. Okay, that's gonna be a, a outtake. That's gonna be the post credit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got that Yay. Now. Yeah. All right. Yay. Check that box. <laughs> so, getting back to the spoiler policy.